All right, guys, welcome back, EYL. Um, this back. Is yeah, yeah, this this is the episode that I'm actually very excited about. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. It's gonna be a big one. I can feel <laughs> it. I can feel it. I can feel it. So, um, you know, we like doing episodes like this where it's stuff that you you see all the time, but you never really think about it's it. It's part of your daily life, especially as kids. You definitely it's part of your daily life, and even as adults. You know, you go to your lunchroom or something like that. It's like yeah, we see the, we see we see a lot of stuff all the time, and and we don't realize like the money's all around us. We yeah. ask where the money's at. Money's all around us. Yeah, these episodes tend to do that, man. I'm telling you, ever since we we did some of these like a trucking episode, every time I see a truck on the on the road, I'm like, that's money, that's money passing. I wonder who owns that. I'm looking <laughs> at the names on the truck, I'm like, damn, your vision just changed. Yeah. So without further ado, we got a very special guest, Kashif Edwards from Philadelphia, North Philly, to North be specific. Philly. Shout out to Philly. We had a lot of great guests from Philly recently. We had, um, well, we had Prince Darnell and uh, Dana Chanel. They was the first ones. Yeah. And then we had. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Sean Bullard. Bullard Sean legend. Bullard. Shout out to Sean. Shout out to the Bullard. Shout out to Sean Bullard <laughs> for sure. And then we had Prince Darnell and Dana Chanel. Then we had um, Brother Wallow, 267. And we had Big Business. Shout out to Big Business. North Philly. So this is keeping right in line. This is keeping right in line with the no Philly ties. So, <laughs> Philly so, got a high standard. <laughs> yeah, nah. So he's ill. He, um, he started playing basketball, and um, but now he's known uh, for the vending machine, the vending machine king on social media. If you follow him, um, crazy following on social media, and he teaches people about vending machines. So he owns vending machines himself, over 20 vending machines that he owns himself, and he's been doing it for quite some time. And um, like I said, I'm excited to know about this because everybody has seen vending machines. Like, we've all used them. <laughs> you always see it in school, in camp, in recreation centers. Hospitals. Everywhere there's always vending machines, right? Yeah. When it's like you never really think, or at least I never really thought, like that's an actual viable business. Yeah. But he makes money, obviously, doing it, and he's teaching people how to do it. So we're gonna get a full education on the vending machine business. Um, so first and foremost, thank you, thank you for joining us. Welcome to EYL, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So before we get into the details of it, how'd you start? Like, because like I said, vending machine is something that all of us see mm-hmm. all the time. We always see vending machines, right? Um, but what made you actually take a step back and say, like, this is actually something I can make money on? Well, I mean, the main the main thing was, I, for, the, for the most part, um, I was working a lot. Um, I was trying to look for something to supplement, you know, my income that I was already getting that was passive, so I wouldn't have to do more work. So, you know, that's what kind of led me to the vending machine thing. But it initiated, um, the thought, that thought initiated, um, as far as the idea of having a vending machine when I was younger, um, when I was playing basketball, um, it was a, a recreation center in particular. I used to always uh, play at it on Sundays when we had practice. Um, and during the, the midst of the practice, it was always a, um, a vending machine lady would come out and change out the, uh, the products and the money from the Gatorade machine. So I, I always saw her coming in and out and grabbing the money and changing out the products, and it was just something I paid attention to because I was always noticed like she took a good amount of money <laughs> out that machine. So I was like, I'm watching your pocket. Right. So I was like, you know, I wonder, I wonder how much money is actually, you know, in there. How much money is she getting? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I want one of those machines. But you know, it just didn't happen until obviously years later because I was like 16, 17 at that point in time. Now you know what's crazy? I'm just thinking when you telling that story. I don't think I ever saw anybody take. I seen people fill up vending machines, yeah. 
in my entire life, I don't think I ever saw anybody take money out of a vending machine before. Maybe they do it like they don't want you to see. Yeah, they, they probably do it like three o'clock in the morning when nobody's there. They know that this dude's like here. Watch <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't want you to see. That's a lesson I learned too: is not to let people see what you taking out of that machine. Because I actually had one one spot that I was uh, working with. It was a motel, mm-hmm. you know, and the owner would always kind of peep and watch what I was doing. <laughs> and then, you know, he would see me taking the money out. Then one day he was like, man, I, I want that machine. You know, I, I, ended up, I ended up selling it to him, and it was one of my best spots, but it was like, man, I'm not letting nobody else. Yeah. I'm doing it with nobody. Do a real smooth, hold the bag up, you know, close to the <laughs> Like So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm real careful with that now. I don't let people actually see how I'm moving and taking the money out. Filling it up is nothing, but I, I, I'm careful with the money. Yeah, part. you got to be careful with that for sure. So, all right, so what's your journey to get your first vending machine? Like, how'd that look? Like, what was, what was the, the, the story behind that? The the journey to get my first vending machine was actually a two year process. So the idea was like something I'm thinking like, all right, I got the idea in my head. I'm about to do it today. Like, but the actual process took a long time because I, I had nobody really to teach me what I was doing, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of you know fumbling around to figure it out. Um, so when I made up my mind that I want, actually wanted to get a vending machine, uh, I saved up some money. I figured out where to get them from. Just some searching online. I found the company who actually um, places machines. And they sell you the machines. Like, so um, they, I contacted them. They gave me the price. I saved up that money. It was it was only like probably 3500 or something like that. And mm-hmm. they gave me a, a location with a machine. Um, so I go uh, to actually check out the spot. It was it was a decent spot. It was a hotel downtown in Philly. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this, is, this looks good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hotel should be great. And then they, and they, the guy actually showed me where they wanted the machine placed. So I'm looking at the space. I'm like, uh, I don't think a vending machine is gonna fit right there. I was like, there's no other way we could, no other way we can put it. Like it was we, too small. Yeah, I'm like, can we put it in the lobby or something? Like, no, we want it right here, and you know. So at that point in time, I called the company that I was buying the stuff, the machine from. They were coming from Maryland. So um, I called them. I'm like, yeah, I don't think the machine is gonna fit in this space. You know that they're talking about having the machine placed. Um, we might have to go a different route. They was like, no, nah, it's gonna fit. Trust us, you know. Oh, we've been doing this a long time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. We got it. What, this, I mean, there's different type of machines. Is this machine selling snacks, sodas, beverages? So this people? this was a combo machine. Okay. So the thing was, okay, it's a small machine, and and it should fit in any space. Like this was one of the smallest machines that we got, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be good. I'm looking like it's not gonna be good. And this is what actually taught. This has taught me a lesson down the line. Like, you know, before you actually go out and buy machines, you know, you gotta figure out your measurements and everything first but you know so i tell them that they take that two-hour drive from maryland come all the way down here long story short the machine doesn't fit mm-hmm. so it doesn't fit um i get my money back now i'm back at the drawing board trying to figure out all right well how am i get another machine so um i ended up blowing some of that money obviously <laughs> you know, I burning the hole in my pocket that didn't work so i'm you know i'm buying this i'm buying that and i'm like oh, i got a couple dollars left um, but I still, I still want, I still need to do something. So I ended up spending about $400 on some, uh, candy machines. Okay. So when I say candy machines, I'm talking about, uh, gumball machines that you put the quarters in, you yeah. turn. You That's old the, school. Yeah. You get the money <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. Um, uh, the ones I got were called a U-turn. So they were called U-turn machines. That's, is that the ones like I put the quarters, spin, spin, spin. And right, right, right. Yeah. You had the gumballs, the Skittles, 
uh, peanut M and M's. It's those always around. seem really unsanitary to me because <laughs> there's no there's no packaging on it. It just yo, comes out as I, is. I've been in barbershops where I've never seen them change. So I'm like, yo, how does somebody make money? I'm not even thinking that you're making money off this. I'm just yeah, like, yo, yeah. this is like a nice little treat. Until nobody changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean. So that's pretty much where I started. I, I brought I brought uh, four of them from uh, a guy who um, had a whole bunch of them, but he was uh, I guess liquidating some of his. He had like forty of them. He going he was selling. He was selling like twenty. I brought four from him. Um, I had one place in a barber shop, like you just said, yeah. a recreation center, and um, I think it was a pizza store. A pizza store. And these yeah. are gumball machines. Gumball machines. So okay. I had them placed in a in a pizza store, and the other one I uh, ended up not placing at that time. I just kept it in my house. Um, so I, I started with those and I, I seen the money back off of that, which was like a little, you know, it was a little something like a little extra spending money, but it was nothing really to move the needle. So I'm like, man, if I could just get a couple more of these, you know, maybe. How I, much was that? Like a month, like a couple hundred? So my average machine for the gumballs was like, uh, I was getting like $50 a machine. So I'm looking a at month? like. A month? Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking at like 150 extra okay. $150. Yeah. I ain't got to really do nothing for yeah. all I do is, you know, fill the machine up and I come back at the end of the month. And pick it up, yeah. You know, so it's easy. And the house spread out are they? Because I, I know you talk about location. We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. Are they in the same area or are they spread out throughout the city? Same area. Okay. So at, at at this point, they're yeah. all in the same area. So that's easy. You just go collect. Yeah, and it, and it, and they were all in places because I you know the way I got my first ones is this network and talking to people I know. So they were all in places I already already be you know, at. Okay. Like I already go already I already spend time at that recreation center. That's where I play basketball at. Yeah. The barbershop it was in was the barbershop I went to, and the pizza store was down the street from my house. Yeah. So it was just like you know convenient. You ever had to watch somebody like kicking the machine like yo man easy easy. Yeah, I had people <laughs> try to put stuff in the machine and turn, and I just watch them like, and sometimes it will work. And it, uh, actually, in one situation with the recreation center, the kids knew how to get something out without putting a quarter in there. I, I can never to this day I don't know what they were doing because I thought it was broke, but it wasn't broke. It Yo, just, at, they just had some type of trick, like so. We had a dollar trick in high school with the vending machines. We'll talk about that after. <laughs> I tried a dollar trick with a vending machine. We can't talk, we can't talk about that. So, all right. So, so, so you you making a little, not really making any money, but it's like whatever. Mm -hmm. But then you realize that vending machines is actually where the money's at, right? Not yet, not okay. yet. So, so with the candy machines, I get to the point where I now it ain't making no money. But I'm like, yo, if I if I could just multiply the amount of machines I, I have, then I, maybe I could see some. Mm. So I ended up. Long story short, I kept buying those candy machines to the point where I have around 20 of them, like 20, 25. And now at this point, that's spread out throughout the city. Yeah, so you're thinking like four got you 150, you multiply those, you probably get like a thousand. Let's say you get 20, you probably get like a thousand out. Exactly. I was getting around 900 to 1,000 dollars a month okay. off of that, off of those 20 machines. Off the gumball. So now that, now that was actually, that was moving the scale and I feel that, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, well, at that point I'm like comfortable you know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm going to just keep buying these little gumball machines, yeah. you know, keep doing what I'm doing. But then I had a, um, a guy that I met when I went to go buy a new one, um, a new gumball machine. The guy was doing uh, vending machines. I guess he had started help with gumball machines himself. He was like, man, why don't never get into the, um, you know, buying vending machines? Cause this is probably, at this point, this was like the fourth or fifth gumball machine I had brought up with him. And I'm like, uh, you know, I thought about that before. I tried it before. It didn't really work out. Um, and I'm kind of comfortable now just doing these because it's easy. Yeah. And I know if I get into the, the soda machines and the, and the vending machines, it's more so more work. More work. And I wasn't trying to do more work because I was already working enough at that time with my job. So, um, but he talked me into it. And that's the point where um, I got into the, the actual vending machines and I ended up getting um, 
brought a, a soda machine off of him and got it placed in a, a hotel, uh, a motel actually. It was a motel. What was the price of that? Uh, the the price of that meant it was nine hundred dollars. Okay. For a soda so machine. That's really one month of gumballs. Yeah, basically like a whole month's worth for a, a gumball. Oh, you're gonna sorry. So you get that, you put it in the in the motel, <laughs> and how's that work out for you? So uh, it actually started off slow. Looking at you know what I what I what I get now, like it started it started off slow, but to me it didn't seem bad. So that first two weeks I had it in there, um, the soda machine in there, I made about fifty dollars. But at that point in time with the gumballs, the gumballs took me a whole month to make fifty dollars mm. off of one machine. So I'm like, all right, well if I get fifty in two weeks, maybe two weeks I get a hundred, which is double what I'm doing with the gumballs. So it ain't that bad. Like it ain't nothing I live off of, but it yeah. ain't that bad. But after um, I got into like that second and third month, the, the, the vending machine got up to the point where it was doing around $650, $700 just off of that machine for that month. So that's when it kind of like, kind of hit me like, all right, well this, this might be something, this is something different. Yeah. I'm saying now start leaning towards, more towards that. And I ended up getting um, another machine. I got a snack machine and had it placed in the, uh, in the same place, in the same motel. So you and had two it, machines in the same place. So I had two machines in the same place, and that one did the exact same thing. Started off slow, and then it picked up to the point where it was doing around seven hundred dollars a month. So from that one location, I was earning about fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred, you know, gross. From so two, from two, from, from two, two machines. From two machines. Now is that, yeah. that fourteen hundred supplementing what you were doing from your actual job? So my actual job at that point, without overtime, I was only getting about sixteen hundred. So now, so so now you got almost you equaling your job. You're not doing nothing, just from two machines. Right, and that's what really that's that's when it hit me like, like this is like this is something you need to do. Like get get more, <laughs> get get more of these, yeah. and you know, and grow. And then you know, and at that time, I just wanted out of my job so bad. It's like if I get more of these, I get enough. You know, I could uh, stop working and then you know enjoy some some free time. Like you know, that was my thing, just chasing you know freedom. Dope. And then you said, and then from there, you just went all in. Yeah, so from then, from from that point, I found a, uh, I got a, a high school, um, got that, got that spot, uh, ended up getting another, I, I had two machines placed in that high school. Um, now, the high school did the same thing that that motel did as far as numbers, very close anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that point, I, I'm past what I'm getting at work. And then I had another spot contact me and wanted a machine placed, and at that point, I left my job. Hmm. So, did, was it your former high school? Because I know the barbershop you a, went to. Exactly. So you went back to your former exactly. high school? Exactly. Exactly. So how did, what, what age were you when you stopped, when you left your job? 26 or 26. something like that. So 26, you go out and you're just a full-time entrepreneur. How did it feel? How did it feel to be a full-time entrepreneur? Uh, you know what? It felt good, but it doesn't, it, the difference is well, when you're working, it's like, all right, well, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. When you're an entrepreneur yeah. and you're just out here. Yeah. It's like, yo, you gotta, <laughs> you just, you gotta grind it, like, because yeah. you don't, you don't know what you're gonna get. Now with the machines, it, it's pretty, it was pretty stable in terms of income. But when stuff slowed down, I still, my bills are still do, like my yeah. stuff is still the same. So it's just like you gotta learn how to budget that money different because it's not, it's not gonna come in on, on a consistent basis. So you kind of gotta get a feel for like as the months go by. You know, some months is gonna be higher, some months is gonna be lower. Once you figure that pattern out, it's easier. But then it's like you kind of gotta go through the rough times to figure that out. Yeah, nah. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because that's that's true in any business. It's like, mm-hmm. as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, it's like wa- walking a, a tightrope with no safety net. Like, yeah. you never know one one's false move and you're, you're screwed. And it's like people don't understand that anxiety. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. um, unless you're an entrepreneur. Right. Because as like you said, you got a job. I mean, you have anxiety as your job because you can get fired, but it's different. Because like all you got to do is show up and you're going to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And perform. But, but some people, they got to perform at the job. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I'm trying to help us, man. Not a problem. I'm trying to help us. Nah, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, to say that, you know, I ended up with, and, you know, you know, with like what you're saying, like, so at that point where I was doing that, um, I got to the point where I'm doing it full time and then whatever could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. So I had saved up a good portion of money, like before I even quit my job. Um, but I ended up getting married. So I oh. got married, okay. spent that, right? So I'm like, it's cool though, because the, the, right, like, the way my money coming in, it's like, I'm gonna get it right back. Yeah. But then as soon as I, as soon as we got finished the wedding and everything, I lost my top spots. So I lost my, um, really I lost my main top spots to my motel. The motel got closed down. Got, got shut down. So that, that was a hard hit. And then the summer hit, my school slowed down. So the Nobody, school the goes- The kids aren't there. Right, the teachers yeah. aren't there. So yeah, the right, school the goes from making $1,000 or whatever, you know, Fourteen hundred. It goes goes down to like four hundred or something. That's the first time I ever thought about that. You know, something crazy. Like uh, now, that's like, man, I gotta go back to work. Like so, uh, at that point, I went back to work. Put you know my tail between my legs. Went back to work, and then you know started started uh, working, saving, and trying to rebuild. And I started getting more spots, and you know so on and so forth. Nah, that's. And I like what you said. Also, you said I saw on Instagram. You said, um, "Why have a second job when you can start your first business?" Right. And that's true, like, as far as, like, side hustle. It's like people use the word side hustle all the time, but it's like, what does that really mean, right? It means, like like you said, as far as you might have a, a, a regular job, but that doesn't mean you can't be an entrepreneur either. It's yeah. like you can create another income stream for yourself while you're still working in your other job until you feel comfortable jumping off the porch and just doing that full time mm-hmm. if you want to. Yeah, and that, and on that same note, I think you have to get to the point where your job, not your job, where your business is making enough to actually pay you. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's one thing is that you're getting the money in, like, is it enough to pay you? So that's kind of where um, I was at, cause the way I was I was growing my business is I was taking, at, that, at this point, the way I was growing, I was taking my money from my job, right? And I was using that for my bills. Anything I got off the machines, I was putting directly Back, back into, into it, get and, more and, machines, and into, yeah. going, into going, getting more machines, and it kind of helped me grow faster. Yeah. Versus if I was just doing that, if I had just kept doing that, just doing that by itself, it was like it would have been a slower pace yeah. in order to grow. We've been, we've been saying that all week, man. And when we talk about multiple streams of income, we always live by the theory like one is too close to none. So mm-hmm. if you got one, that means that goes away, you're done. Right. right? So the more you can make, the more you can have. You know what I'm saying? No, it's a good idea, and that's something I just thought about as far as like if you're working a regular job and you have uh, a side business or a, a business outside of your regular job, yeah, that business, you might not actually be able to get any money from that business if you actually are growing it, but that's another benefit of having the job as well because now you're not pressured. Like, if you're just only an a entrepreneur, you're pressured. Mm-hmm. Like, you got a family to take care of. You got, right. you know what I'm saying? You got bills, a mortgage, rent, yeah, whatever. Shit, you can't right. just say, all right, guys, we're not going to eat this month because I'll put the money back into the business. Like, So that takes a little bit of pressure off you. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, it's all about, it's never about, you, you can't run anybody else's race. Right. So like a lot of times you see on social media and it's like people try to compare themselves to other people. And it's like, you don't know, A, what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. And B, you got to move at your pace. So right. it might not be time for you to just completely quit your job yet. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah, like, I'm, just, actually, I'm living it <laughs> right yeah. now. Right? I think it's it's more it's a mindset thing too, because I think you know the reason I even post stuff like that is because it's not really like people don't have the knowledge or 
you know, can't do this or can't do that. It's like you got, you got, it starts with the mindset. Like you got to have the right mindset to look at things the right way. You know what I'm saying? I know another post that I, um, that I put up, and this is something that's, it's been bothering me because people commented on it every day. And I probably made about three or four videos about it. And people still comment like saying, like, so the thing says a hundred K, right? And then it, if you want to make a hundred K a year and it breaks down, all right, well, if you want to make a hundred K a year, you got to make this a month, this a, a week, week, a day, this yeah. a day, right? And they looking at it like, and they'll say stuff like, um, all right, well, what about, what about, uh, uh, like the expenses or what about this what about yeah, that yeah. oh how are you working 24 hours i'm like well you, you're just looking at it wrong like who says those numbers aren't profit like who says that 100k isn't it could be you could make 100 profit you know what i'm saying and you and who says you have to work 24 hours like in, in this case with this you know business in particular if i have machines out there i'm not working the machines are doing the work for me i'm just you gotta know, make people, money while you sleep man right yeah. like, yo, so people people don't look at it that way you have to look at it you know the right way in order to to be successful well everybody's an expert on social media and they always look to see like the wrong thing they'd be like well, everything like oh you misspelled this you like like you get the point of it what like you know what, the, I'm what about the gas or something, yeah you know, like. there's always a critic but all right so that's that's the backstory so now in the next segment we're gonna go into what eyl is known for we're gonna break it down and um answer yeah. some questions and Give some some free game as far as how people can um you know get information on the vending machine business. All right, so now we're gonna get into some details. So all right, so for vending machines, right? First question is um how much does a vending machine cost? So it can range. So I mean um the cheapest you're gonna find it is always gonna be somewhere around a thousand dollars if you're using a used machine, mm -hmm. versus if you're coming in with something new, you're looking at about five grand. Five grand for a brand new one. Brand like brand new, top, even, top uh, of the line so type of thing. New or used? I didn't even know that there were new or used machines. Um, how? Do, where do we even get this? Like, where am I finding a, a new machine? Where do I go? So, I mean, new machines you could get from like the man the manufacturers are actually making a lot like Coke, Pepsi, like those type of uh, places. You you could buy them straight from them. Those are where the new machines come from. And we're talking about actual what? I mean, there's different types. We're talking about food vending machines. So we're we're talking about sodas, snacks. They do have food. They have ice cream machines there's a lot of different different types okay. so if you're talking about used machines which is you know i use used machines and that's what i recommend everybody else to use mainly because it's um easier to maintain and it's a lot more affordable like the price is nowhere close to you know five thousand dollars you can get a used machine for around 900 which is which my first machine was okay um and you can find those on places such as like craigslist um offer up amazon let, let go it might be a little more on Amazon. Okay. And then the only reason I wouldn't, I would say um, not to get it off like a, a platform where it's like online, because I would recommend you checking the machine out first. You don't want to get it and get it in, the, get it where you, you know, you don't know, put it, you don't know. and then it's not working right, and then you have to ship it back. Like that's a, that's a long process. So, so you said let go. Yeah. Like what, what's what's that? So it's an app. It's an app. Yeah. So let go. Offer up uh, Facebook Market. Mm -hmm. um, but you, it just depends. That, and another thing is, it matters is. How are you? How are you trying to scale this? Do you want this to be on some side hustle, passive income stuff, or do you want to grow it into like a full time business? Because mm -hmm. if you're just doing it as a side hustle, just earn some extra bread on the side, you know, using those resources such as like you know, Crest is is fine. But if you really want to do it like full time, you want to find like um what I what I call vending warehouses. So a vending warehouse is just a vending company that is large enough to sell you vending machines. 
So that's kind of how we make our money on the back end. I might have some machines sitting around, and then I'll sell those um, to anybody who's looking to buy them. Where do you find vending warehouses? So you would have to Google vending machine companies in your area, okay. and then contact them and see if they sell. So it's machines. all like regional. It's all regional. Yeah. So yeah. after I order, I'm thinking to myself right now. I'm ordering the machine. I probably need the location first, right? Because they're yeah. not gonna send that to your house, right? So do they send it to like what? What happens after I order it? So you could you could pick the machine up first, but I I, I recommend to people always 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 get the machine after you have the location for multiple reasons because okay. if you go out and you get excited okay i'm going to vending thing i see a cheap soda machine this is a great deal you buy it mm -hmm. maybe you got it in your garage or something like that mm -hmm. you don't know what type of location you're going to get first so that means you don't know what that location is going to need maybe they already got a soda machine maybe they need a snack machine maybe it won't fit <laughs> right and then that's another thing you don't know what uh the measurements are for that space they have to put the machine so it could be the machine you make you you could have maybe too big maybe it's too big to fit through the doorway maybe it's too big for the space that they actually want the machine so it's always best to wait until you get that location you know on a uh, paper and then you go out and get your machine but on the flip side you also want to know your resources first like you want to know where you're getting that machine from prior to you know finding your location so like what what's some typical are they like typical profit margins like how much money can should a person expect to make off of like one machine so an average, a good, a good location, will you'll see around five hundred dollars for the foot per machine, right? Most locations have two machines. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's like a combo. If most of the time, if you'll find a combo machine, it's in a smaller, in a smaller space because they can't fit two machines, or it's because um, maybe it's a slower, it has slower traffic, lower traffic, and you don't want to put two machines in there. You know. That type of situation. So, like a thousand, a thousand dollars if you have two machines in one location. Yeah, that's about that's like about a, right. When you had to find locations, you obviously looked at your life. You said, "Look, I play ball here. I'm gonna put one here. That's my high school. That's my barbershop. What does the average person have to do in terms of finding locations? So, step one. Now, now to be honest with y'all, like I had experience in like different marketing before beforehand, so I was already kind of seasoned seasoned with uh networking and, and and reaching people and calling and all that type of doing stuff. Some so wholesaling. Huh? Were you doing wholesaling? I did do wholesaling. Yeah. yeah. So I, I oh, used, real estate? Yeah. Okay. So so I used those same type of tactics to find locations because I it was I learned a lot from actually going out and trying to find properties. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When I was doing the wholesaling thing. So the first thing I did was network. So I, I reached out to everybody around me, all my friends, all my family members, let them know what I was doing. And this through doing that, it led me to having like my first few locations. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I ended up getting um, a school like you, like you just named, which is my prior high school. Uh, I talked to them. You know, they, they let me uh, place a vending machine in there. And it led me to, you know, getting a few other spots. You know, I'm just thinking about it. A lot of places that I, yeah, they have two vending machines. Yeah. Like or, a community center, right. a school. Yeah, you have two vending machines. Yeah. Never, th never thought about that before. From a, I mean, a or, it's not to cut you yeah. off, you can have two vending machines right next to each other. Like one is sodas and drinks, yeah. the other one is candies and chips and stuff. Yeah, they're always like right next to each right other. next to each other. Mm -hmm. So that, they, that's they, not bad if you think about it. Like a thousand dollars, that's like you could be getting rental income. Easy, but it's a lot less overhead as far as buying a home. Yeah, that, so that that was what I was gonna say. Two things. Well, first is when these big corporations, like if I see a Coca Cola machine, right, that's a vendor machine. Can I purchase that from it, or is the corporation putting that in a location? Because you could have two vending machines. And then they have all Coke products. Mm -hmm. Can you purchase that? 
Can you purchase it from who? From like Coca-Cola. Is that like a, a thing? Can you get a vending machine from a, a corporation? You're talking about as far as have if, if the machine is placed somewhere or if they're just manufacturing the machines. Well, like, so I'm thinking in terms of I have my vending machine, you right? I have two of them there, and then there's like a Coke machine that oh, only sells okay. Coke products. Is that something that, like the average person could purchase, or is it just straight from a corporation? So, so all right, so Coke does Coke actually places machines themselves. Okay. So, but they, what they'll do is they don't they they actually just will place the machine, right? Mm -hmm. But the the thing is the person they, they would have to like charge a certain amount the uh in products so the products you once you buy a certain amount of products from from coke they'll play they get you they get a place of vending machine for free mm. so and then they'll service it or, or whatever like so um if you're talking about like if that machine is there most more than likely your machine won't be there because they'll have some type of contract with coca-cola and they're not gonna let nobody else in there so as far as location because I, I know you said that um yeah, a couple of different keys: foot traffic, um, iso isolation, mm -hmm. uh, waiting rooms. Uh, so all of these different things. But before you even get to that, how do you approach somebody to put a vending machine in their place? Like, all right, so you 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 see a school. Like, what's the process to say, "Hey, can I put a vending machine here?" Can I talk to the principal. Like, who yeah, like how does that work? So that's that's a good question, man. That's a lot of questions everybody asks. But at the, all, all I really do is I'll approach whoever the receptionist is at that first point of contact, and I'll ask them who I need to speak to to place a machine here. So is it's usually the person. They, everybody usually has a person who's in charge of doing business. Mm -hmm. So the high school has a you know a, a business manager. I had to talk to them. So if you're if I'm going into a motel or something, most of the time they have a business manager. You talk to them. So it's just about asking that first point of contact. Get you know, obviously, if you could find a manager or something like that, reach who you could reach, and but then ask that person who's the person who's that I have to talk to to actually make the decision. So once you get in the high school or you get into the recreation center, is there a fee that you have to pay for being there, or it's just part of the profit margin you have to give to the, the place? Like how does that work? So it's all about, from my experience, it's all about how you get that plot, how you get that spot. Mm -hmm. So. If you have, um, you have different resources you're using to get locations, mm -hmm. right? If one thing that you could do is you out, you go out yourself and you actually look for locations. Like, um, you know, when we talk about uh, the whole sort of thing, it's called like driving for dollars. Mm -hmm. like you heard that term before, yep, right? Yep, yep. So that, that's a method you go out and drive around. I actually found the uh, laundromat the other day, just driving around. I wasn't even looking for it, but I just happened to uh, see it. And actually, I put it on Instagram, so I put it on live. Yeah. Just to show people, like, this is, like, you know, how easy it is to find something if you're paying attention to what's around you. Yeah. Um, so that's one method. And another method is, like, cold calling, which is you just make a list of multiple um, places in that, that may be uh, suitable for a vending machine in your uh, area that you're looking to place one, mm -hmm. like using zip codes or whatever, and, you know, and you just call them. If you're doing that method, most of the time I found when you found a, like a location like that, they ask for a commission because you're asking to come into their space and right. do business. Like you're asking for something from them. Yeah. yeah. Right now, on the flip side, you go to website. Right. Top the most the top the well, the most common thing people do is when they're looking for vending services. If you you know you just opened up your 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 uh, store, your business or whatever it may be, it's Google. So they go right to Google vending machine service in Philadelphia. My joint is like one of the top ones on there. So you click on that, they um they call you, they contact you, 
and then they're going to ask you to place a, a vending machine in their place of business. Oh, okay. So most not to, in that scenario, most of the time they don't ask you for a commission because they just want your service. They want your they service want you for their customers or for their um, employees or for whatever reason. It's just like, yeah, we just want your service. We're not worried about commission. So mm-hmm. if you approach them, you got to pay them. Most of the time. If they approach you, you don't have to pay. Most of the time. Most of the time, that's how that goes. Now, it also depends on what type of place it is, you know, because if you're dealing with, like, recreation centers and schools, a lot of times those those facilities are, are um, like, the prob, the funds already, so they're always looking for different ways to supplement, you know, some income, so yeah. they're going to bring that up. So what kind of commission is fair? Like, if somebody, like, like oh, I'll let you put it here, but here's, you got to give me 20%, 10%. Like, what's a fair amount that... A, f- a, f- a fair amount really depends on the traffic in that location, but it typically is around 10%. 10%. Yeah, 10% is like, it's like a fair amount most of the time if it's a good location. All right, so you, you, you sit down, you say, Let, we can have the, the vending machine here. What are we do next? Are we drawing up a contract? Right. So at the point where they give me the person of contact yeah. and they say they, they're interested and they, I'll schedule a meeting with them. So we'll sit down like we're talking now. I'll have a um, proposal which is something I came up with just from doing the meetings. And it's all the information is in the proposal, which just cuts down the meeting time. So, you know, in there it's just about your, uh, your business, a little bit about yourself. You want to put the products that you use, what makes you different than other companies, um, your price points for your products, just present all that to them. And then, you know, if they, if they like that, then I also have the contract there. So, and if they're good with the contract, you know, we sign it right there, do the deal right there. Now, sometimes it doesn't go that way. Sometimes they might want certain contingencies or whatever in, in the contract. So if they want that, and you, you ask, you have, you know, obviously you have to go back and draw up a new contract yeah. and get them to sign that one. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the school, right? Because I'm thinking like one yeah, of the contingencies like, they might have is like mm-hmm. you can't serve um, a certain amount of sugary yeah, items. Yeah, exactly. Right? It exactly. has to be healthy options. Certain, certain products. And then it's like um, some people will want your actual service uh, hours in there or they'll want um, – like if basically like if, if something goes wrong, you have to repair it by this amount of time okay. type of thing. Like so, that stuff is usually people usually tweak, but for the most part, they just go by what's on the paper. So, okay. So as far as um, let's go back to location. So like you said, you said foot traffic, accessibility, isolation, and waiting rooms. Those are like your four golden mm-hmm. rules, right? Oh, the one second, so and then the, the, for the commission thing, I never bring up commission. So never, never sit down with a location and say, "All right, well, this is the amount that we pay in commission." If they don't mention it, <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 no. Don't give them money. Yeah, they, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because no, 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 no. some people think that they'll, they'll, that's like they pitching like point is like we could pay you this much in commission, but not. Don't mention that right? because it's not necessary. No, that's a good. That's a good point because um, you might automatically assume that you have to pay because you're in their space. But right. like you said, it's kind of like an attraction where it's like, like my son goes to camp. Every time I pick him up, he's right. like, can you give me something from the vending machine? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like the day. vending machine is actually helping oh. in that situation yeah, because it's, it's like service. people, some, you might just walk into a space just to use the vending machine. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so that, and I'm, now I'm thinking about from the business standpoint, having a school during the year is great. Having a recreation center during the summer, gold mine. Right. That's all kids want. Well, no. So recreation recreation centers during the, the the school year are good too because they have different programs, programs and, right, right, yeah. centers, and they have basketball games and stuff. We got some and recreation centers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so all right. So location, location, location is the most important thing with real estate. Period. And um, I guess this is no different from vending machine yeah, either, right? You got the best no vending. You could be giving away gold bars if it's in the desert. 
doesn't matter. So how do you know what's a good location? I mean, obviously, well, I, I'm going to say obviously. How do you know what's a good location or not? So, I mean, from what you just, basically what you just mentioned, but I, I, I picked them up as time went on, just noticing different things. So when I'm walking into a location, I, I go with a checklist. I don't really use it anymore because I kind of like know now, but it's best to have a checklist and you just, and this is what you want to look for. So you want to look for, um, when you pull up to the space, is there any stores around that building? So when I say isolation, that, that's what I'm talking about. So I take a lap or two laps around. See, I'm looking for corner stores. I'm looking just for other places to eat. All right. So if, if I don't see no other places to eat, I'm like, okay. So that's that's a good sign. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I walk in the door, I'm looking. Um, in terms of moving, I'm looking for steps and all that type of stuff because you have to move the machine in there. But in terms of what makes it a good location, I'm um, I'm looking to see where the machine will be placed. All right. So. I'm like, all right, well, is it placed somewhere where it's visible and people can see it? Because I had one situation where I had a, it was a hotel wanted me to put a machine in there, but they wanted the machine like in the in the back, way in the back where nobody would see it. And on the flip side, it had a, um, a gas side. station right next door. So when I was watching, I'm watching people come in and they just making the left, turn right out, go right to the gas station. I'm like, yeah. no, it's not stopping. Because the, the, the gas station is the place now that they're going to get yeah, the they see, they see the gas station because yeah. it's right, because it was a big glass you know, door, obviously, and it's right there. Right. Versus if that machine was placed in the lobby, they just would have used the machine. They, right. Nobody wants to walk all the way over there if you ain't got to. Only the night shift. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, that's that's real important. As important is, is it being visible and it uh, being accessible to everyone. So if everybody can use it, if it's visible, that that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm looking for is uh, hours of operation. So how long is this place open? Like you said, night shift, some places are open 24 hours, mm -hmm. right? That gives you more sales versus it only being open for nine uh, to five. Nine okay. to five. Like, so that's another, that's another yeah. important Cafeteria piece. closed now. Yeah. Right. So, um, and then probably the last thing I'm looking for is, um, foot traffic right which is one of this is the most important thing you want to see how many employees they got how many people are visiting this place how many people are in and out coming past this machine yeah one of the things you said and as you said it i was like wow that's brilliant places that have ideal time where people are just waiting so obviously got hospital but when you just said laundry man i'm thinking like oh my gosh yes yeah. <laughs> like people yeah. are sitting in there all day watching machines go yeah, no, right. laundry mats are big. Schools are big. Yeah. Recreation centers are big. Hospitals are big. Hospitals are huge. Um, I'm thinking that's the number one. Off yeah. Office oh, buildings yeah. are, are big. Dorms. Dorms. dorms yeah. College yeah. dorms. Campuses. College dorms are big. These are just yeah. Big. Yeah. Yeah. So to name a few. And to give a to give an example, um, is is Temple. We have a Temple dorm. Um, guy I was doing business with. That location does around thirty five hundred. A, a, a month? How many machines? How many machines? Two machines. Two. You know what? I mean, college kids don't have a lot of money, and they don't have transportation. So if you put the vending machine, right and that's that's you, that's your machines. This, these two, those two are mine. It's the okay. guy. Actually, I know we were talking a little okay. off camera. Yeah. So another guy, one of my first, my first mentee. Okay. I helped him find a spot, and that was the spot that we got. Damn, thirty five hundred. That's that's good bread. Right. Two machines. Mm -hmm. Two two machines. Thirty five hundred. And then on top of that. Since that building is the, built the way it built, it could be more machines placed in there. And you said there's, there's a difference in what, I mean, the older machines don't have something that's very important that you said, and that's the card readers, right? Because now a lot of people don't have cash, but they do have cards to use. So what we do is we'll take the older machines and add upgrades to them. 
So we might change the door. We might use uh, what we call like the LED lighting. So you know the little light strips. Put that in the door. It makes mm -hmm. it a little brighter. Yeah. And we could add the car readers, but we would just have to change what what's in there. It's called a circuit board. Okay. Expensive. A circuit board costs about two hundred dollars. Oh. Car readers are about four hundred. So nice. you're looking at to use that is about additional six hundred dollars. But on the flip side, those usually increase your sales by at least 30-40 percent. Like, so, you know, it's worth it actually getting those on there if, you know, you plan on doing it on a, a serious note. So, okay. So, as far as installation, right, how do you know which products to put? So, you're just buying a, a machine and you can put anything in the machine, correct? A anything you want. How do you know which products do you do? Like, okay, I like Doritos, so... Or like, how do you t how do you know like which is a good product? Yeah, to put? That's, a, that's, a, that's an excellent question because my all right. So my first location that I got when I when I said it was only um, doing only a few a few dollars or whatever, I was putting in there what I like. <laughs> you know what I'm so I, I, I had what I like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm walking through Sam's Club like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good. But after a while, I was like, no, you you have to put in what they want. So what I like to do is on my first, if I, if it's an office building or something like that, I'll use a newsletter. And I'll send out a newsletter introducing my services, and I'll give them an opportunity to put, to tell me what they want in the machine. Mm. That's like step one. Mm. Other than that, it really comes down to demographics, like this. You know, <laughs> certain certain demographics, certain you mean groups. No avocado toast in there. So <laughs> certain groups of people like 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 certain things. So from my experience, I know if I'm dealing with a, a mostly like Caucasian group, they tend to like more. Of like the plain chips and like the, <laughs> for real, it's no just spice, like more, no spice. more of the plain chips. Whereas though, if I'm going with others, it might be more like you know the flavorful barbecue type type so, of joint. So you got so, takis in there. Yeah, man. It just depends. It depends where you at. It depends where you at. But it's, it is definitely best to always let the people tell you what they want. And the inventory you're actually going to get, right? So right. like you are going to these warehouses. I'm assuming. Are so you not I, supermarket. I go to I go to Sam's Club. Okay. So I go to most. I mostly shop at Sam's Club. Um, but I do have a, a warehouse that I go to to get products. Now, the thing with Sam's Club is, it's good if you're just doing it like small scale, but if you're buying like variety boxes of chips and whatnot, yeah. they're going to put a few, they're going to put the good chips in there, then they're going to put like a yeah, bullshit they ass. Do that. They always do know, that. Selection in there. And, and, that's and, the that, and that never sells. Right, and that's the one that's not going to sell. So yeah. when you're doing that you know, on a larger scale, you have to keep buying those boxes and boxes. It's like, all right, well, that's not, that's that's losing, making me lose money. Yeah. So when you get to a certain point, you could just cut that out, and then if you go find a, a source, you have to find a source, you could just get the straight fire products, but it's, you have to buy it in a larger quantity. Mm -hmm. So that box of, Sam's Club comes in a box of uh, 30 most of the time. Mm -hmm. Whereas though, if I buy that in a larger quantity, I got to buy 64, a box of 64 of all one selection, mm -hmm. which is going to cost you more money because now you have to put... That, that that variety box is going, to, it's going to take about four or five rolls because there's different chips in there yeah. versus it just being one whole box of one product that's only one roll of a product. How, how often are you changing uh, the machines? Weekly. Weekly? Weekly. Okay. Yeah, so if, I mean, if, if you're doing it more than more than once a week, you probably need a bigger machine. If you're, if you're not doing it once a week, you probably need a smaller machine. And... Um, like so, how do you know what to charge? Cause you can charge anything. I just yeah. I just found that out. You can charge anything. Right? The prices. Yeah, you set you set all your own prices. Um, and it, once again, it just comes down to demographics. It comes down to the region, the area you you actually you know working in. I know if we're over here in New York, my candy bars are going to be about two dollars. <laughs> like, but if I'm in Philly over there, it's going to be about one twenty five. But the main thing I'm looking at is I'm looking at my internal investment, like my R um, ROI. ROI. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like. Um, 
if I'm spending X amount, I want at least double that. So at minimum, I'm doubling when I'm paying for the products. Okay. But I'm actually, well, I always try to reach uh, like the triple. I try to you know get the 300% mark of what I'm actually paying back, uh, what I'm actually paying the product so whatever i'm investing i'm trying at least so if i if i buy a candy bar for a dollar i need to i need to charge three dollars in the vending machine just using that as like an example yeah, yeah, a rough yeah, example yeah, obviously yeah, you're not yeah. gonna charge three dollars for a candy bar but right. i'm just saying they did that at my, at, at my job right i went to the vending machine and the 65 cent bag of chips is now five dollars is, like, is it really five dollars like, i'm picture i was like no nah, this is a joke right? I'm, impossible i'm gonna say the picture it was ridiculous i'm like wait huh impossible yeah i've seen the picture yeah, no joke. So. I'm like, this is ridiculous. What kind of chips are they? Sal's? You ever eat those? You know Sal's chips? No, what, how big is this bag of chips? <laughs> it's the 60, like the, the normal 65 cent bag of chips. Nah, it's impossible. So it's like a, a two ounce bag? Or one, nah, it's like 1.7 or something? I will send y'all the picture. Nah, it's impossible. Yeah, ridiculous. That's, yeah, that's crazy. But they do, you know, people do do that. I mean, they not now I've never seen $5. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've seen that's like, like the you airport. Know, that's more yeah, expensive than the airport. Like, yeah. you get, if you that's, get a location like the airport, or like the hotels, you could really charge more for those. Oh, you get a oh yeah, vending machines in the airport. Yeah. That's that's where you make money. Yeah, airport so prices is just ridiculous, just cause it's not an airport. Just for the because food, of the though, airport. Because now they got the the vending machines that sell electronics. Too. Yeah. So that's and that's another thing I wanted to touch on too. Is like you could think outside the box and get creative. You could sell anything out of a vending machine. You well, could sell electronics. Uh, somebody I found online was selling knickknacks out of the in the, in the, in the airport, and she was making eight thousand dollars a year. Oh, wow. what, what's, a, what, what, what's a knickknack? So like the, the the stuff that you know you might get while you're in that city or whatever, like those okay. type, those little whatever, like the little trunkets and like little. Like it was Welcome like little, to LA. Little, little, I, yeah, I love New York. Things, charms and stuff yeah. like that, and she had like balled up T-shirts in there, like you know making making good money, like just thinking outside the box. Um, I also it's like, see it's like the sneaker one, like nobody yeah, ever wins the sneaker one, but you put. Yeah. I was trying to do it every time. Right, like so, it's, it's a lot of different things you could you could put in there if you could really like get creative with it. What's the craziest one you've seen? Craziest one? I, I, you had one I, on I, your page when Dubai. They have gold bars. Yeah, I haven't seen that one though. But yeah, I've seen like, oh, you got you, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. Advanced gold bars. You could buy, you could buy gold bars. <laughs> right. Or pieces of gold. I don't know why you want to buy it, but you know that's it's, it's Dubai I everything. That yeah. yeah, let's go to the vending machine and get some gold, yeah. Yeah, but you know it's a lot of lot of crazy ones out there, man. I've seen some where you they selling water. I seen pizza, the pizza. I, vending I did. Machine. There was a new. It was an article about that. They put that on college campuses where uh, it makes the pizza in like ninety seconds or something. Uh, um, they had a Plan B machine <laughs> on college campus. Another college campus. College campus plan B machine. <laughs> I, I forgot, and, it, and, it, and it's actually not far from here. Yo, that that's actually is. honestly. <laughs> Honestly, the contraception machine. No, yeah. that's not a bad idea. No, that's the contraception machines are not a bad idea. You have condoms. They used to put them in the bathroom. Remember, you used to put a quarter and then you. Y'all don't remember? I never seen. Nah, that. I haven't seen that. School. It's a little old school. It's like you put a quarter and you get a contraception. I that. Wow. Yeah. Is that was that even legal to have a point? Because well, all right, I different know. topic. I know, I know. I know. They got them out there. We're gonna do the research. Like the, um, like hair weave and eyelashes. So you know what? Uh, what about medical marijuana? Oh, just marijuana. Yeah, period. That too. They got those out in California. They got the medical. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how those operate because yeah. you know that's that's regulated. So you need ID and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Security at that yeah, machine. Probably. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a little, <laughs> yeah. That's a little different. But uh, they do have those out there. What about vandalism? Like if somebody de destroys your machine. Um, how does that work? You have insurance on it? Or yeah, I haven't. I, I I had that happen before once, but um. Yeah, so basically, if somebody destroys it, messes it up, you just, if you got insurance on it, then you cover it. If not, you know. And who, you can go through any insurance company, Geico, State Farm, anything like Liberty? 
I'm not sure if it's any. I know State Farm um, is, is one. But yeah, it's just regular, regular insurance companies covered. Is it pricey? Uh, no, it's not pricey at all. It's not pricey at all. So you would recommend always having that? I would recommend. I would definitely recommend having insurance. But the thing is, when you actually go through the process of picking out a good location, if you're meeting the criteria, it's hard to do vandalism because if the machine is somewhere open, and somewhere is you know, is, if it's in that, and if a place is always you know has long hours, most of the time they have security, and most nine times out of ten that that vending machine is somewhere near that security, like mm. wherever it's sitting at in the lobby somewhere. So it. it's always gonna be somewhere where people where people see it, and like it's always if it's foot traffic, it's gonna be if it's good foot traffic, then people are always gonna be around. So it's hard to vandalize, yeah. Um, you know, machines or some place with cameras. Yeah. Yeah, like a school or community center, right. something like that. Mine's, mine's happened more so when um I had it in that motel we was talking yeah. about. Shut down. <laughs> yeah. that, when it shut down, it was like when I went back, yeah, it, it was over. What's the what's the lifespan of a machine? That's a great question. I mean, I have some machines I haven't had any issues with like since I had, mm-hmm. and some of them you get is just like problems. I had one machine in particular that's always giving me a problem. I actually switched it out recently. What, what type of problems? Like the, the mechanical the, doesn't dispense the merchandise? Like? No. So a vending machine really is only about, it's about three parts. You got your your uh, bill accepted. And a lot of people think like, oh, what about, that's, that's one of the questions I get a lot too. What about the cost of maintenance? I don't really, maintenance, the cost of maintenance isn't high at all. Like it's really like, it's rare that something goes wrong with those machines. But you got your bill acceptor. Your um, coin mechanism, which is where you put the coins in, mm-hmm. and then you have your um, your board. So your board is like the thing everything is connected like to. Press E four. No, but that yeah, basically, but that that runs to a, a little board that's inside the vending machine, okay, okay. right? And those are the main three parts. The, now the coins and stuff don't really like those are ran by little motors, but those don't really go bad. Okay, um, those are typically okay. With the with the uh the, the thing that gets the most use is the bill acceptor. People are always putting the bills in there or whatever. Um, I probably switch that out probably every, like maybe like two years or something. But if you're if you're taking care of it the right way, you won't have to do that. I, I'm bad at that part, but you know you could have um you could order a thing off Amazon. It's like a little sticky. It looks like a sticky uh, card. You put it in there and then pull it out, and it pulls all the dirt and stuff out of the uh, mm-hmm. the bill mm-hmm. acceptor, which helps it keep keeps it clean. Because what's in there is it's a reader. So once that reader gets uh too like dirty. Are too uh, like you know beat up. It doesn't work anymore. So like, how do you? All right. So the money you collect just you know you go in there, but like the credit card, how that gets that goes that in that process, and that goes like directly to like a PayPal account. It goes directly to the bank account. The bank account. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So every so, time somebody uses a credit card, right in. Well, it goes. It doesn't go right in. It goes to um that that service. It goes to that providers. Okay. Um, account, then they have a payout. Date. And then similar, they pay out. Okay, similar, right. similar to what you would use, like with like a Shopify. Yeah, yeah, Choose your payout date, and then on those dates you get paid out for whatever card reader sales that you had. What What about the process of buying and selling routes? I know sometimes you said that if there is a slow time, you might want to sell that machine or sell that route. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I mean, in the business, you know, you obviously the bulk the bulk of your money is going to come from you selling products out of your machine. But it's also other ways to make money once you get going, um, of which one of the best ways is, like you just said, buying and selling routes. So I might, um, like for the perfect the perfect scenario, the best scenario I had with buying, uh, buying a route and selling it was, I brought a, um, a route for 3500 Now originally the guy was trying to charge me like 7000 for it, something like that. And I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm not even really in yeah. desperate need. I'm not really looking for anything. But, um, you know, he couldn't sell it, so he came back to me. He was like, you know, I still got this route. I'll give it to you for 35 
And I'm like, okay, so I'm looking at it. It's six, it's six vending machines, and it's three locations. So mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it's that's that's like a giveaway. Like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll take it for 35. Um, so I brought it. I checked out the locations. Two of the locations I didn't I didn't like. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this this location is bad, but it was good machines in there. The other location was bad. One location was good. So I, what I did was I kept the good location and I sold the other two locations for 35 a piece. Mm. So I ended up making um, a profit of 7,000 off of that situation. Yeah. So that's just another way to make money on the back end. So if you're into buying routes, yeah, you could just buy a route out, maybe sell, you could you could keep the machines, you know, sell the machines, or you could just try to sell the machine on location, which is easier to sell them if they already placed. Like that, that takes work off for the next man. Is there any way to get a, a machine for free, like financing or pay it back on the back end through money that you make in future or no? It's a great question. So you you can rent machines from the same type of people that I talked about before as far as like with the, uh, if you're going through a vending warehouse, they do allow you to rent machines sometimes. If you look online, you can find some people that rent machines as well. I don't really suggest doing it because it gives you like an overhead you know, but you know, if that that's your way in, then that's your way in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, you can also um, once you, once you get to a certain point in the business, um, like like I mentioned before, with, with Coca-Cola and uh-huh. Pepsi, with one of the one of the programs that they have is once you buy a certain amount of their product, they give you machines. Oh, so, yeah. but it has to be on contract. So like when you say like buy, buy their products, like so you're putting their sodas in your machine. So right. you, you got to so, buy like ten thousand so dollars worth of Coke. <laughs> It's not ten thousand dollars, but it's like it's definitely um, a, a good amount, and you have to buy. You have to, you're committed to buying that amount at least at minimum every month. But they'll give you the vending machine for free because obviously it's you helping them. Product. It's yeah. helping you move that product, you know. But that's a way to get free vending machines too. But that's not. We probably won't do that until like you know later Let's down the line. All what right. about the, the the contracts? What are the typical lengths of the contract? Is it like six months? Is it a year? About two years. I do two years. Two year contract? Yeah, two two year increments. Dope. All right. Well, that was a lot of information for sure. So in the next segment, we're going to bring it home. All right. So um, we're going to close it out. But before I, I got I got a few questions. So, all right. Especially in schools and with kids and stuff like that. What's your thoughts on because childhood obesity is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your thoughts on like junk food? Because you can have healthy stuff in there as well. Obviously, it's not as popular. Do you ever think about that? Or? Yeah, that's something that actually comes up a lot of times in the meetings, like when I'm talking to like the uh, potential locations. So they'll, they'll they, you know, they always want the healthy selections, which I'm big on healthy selections anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely want to get people a choice. Um, so I like to put half traditional, and then I put half healthy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I tried the whole health thing one time. <laughs> it ain't work. It didn't go that well. So I, I definitely do. I do um, like like so my. Most of the time, a, a vending machine will have multiple rolls of, like, two rolls for chips, two rolls for uh, snacks, and then you have your candy roll or whatever. So on my top one, I make half of that, um, like, baked or something like, you know. Like a power bar, something like that? Not not well, no, it's not for the chips, the but like fat. this, yeah, like something big oh, or okay, something okay. like oh, less for chips, fat. okay, yeah. And then once we get to, like, the, uh, the snack, I mean, the uh, candy roll, I'll just make sure it's, like, some uh, healthy stuff like trail mix. Or uh, yeah, like a power bar. So just something, something that's you know, it'd be good 
for something somebody to grab quick that's still healthy for you. And depending on where you're at, right? Like that, you have, that, you have to take that into account as far as inventory, because like you said, in Philly, that got a sugar tax, mm-hmm, right. right? So when buying stuff, you got to take that into account right. too. And we also have a, also have a uh, old people's home. So, you know, in there, I can't put a lot of sugar mm. stuff. So it really just depends on where you're putting that machine at, but it definitely, it definitely always comes up in the conversation when you're placing a machine is having healthy selections. Everybody everybody wants healthy selections, and I think that's more so a big wave now. Yeah, now, in yeah. In the direction that we're going forward, as, yeah. a, as a, you know. Country. As a country yeah. is, is getting more healthy stuff out there, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. You are the food source for a lot of us. Like, we, we don't have, a lot of us don't have time to go out for lunch. It's like, yo, let me just grab something quick. Right, and you want to make sure they at least got the choice to get something healthy versus yeah. having to get something, you know, it's not good for you. So, well, like, ramen noodles and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I've seen that in there. I, yeah. I, I had those in there. So, um, like, noodles, yeah. do, what's, the, what's, what's your sweet spot? Like, cause I know you said you don't like perishable goods for obvious reasons because mm-hmm. they expire. Does candy expire? Yes, it has an expiration date. It's a yeah. long one, though. Yeah, like a long, like a long time, expired. though, right? Yeah, it takes a while, but it really it depends on the uh, conditions, like your temperature and all that. So if you yeah. in the summertime, Snickers bar in the sun, they ain't gonna last too long because they just once it once it resets, most of the time when it resets and into being like the regular form, so, it's like um like not really molded, but it's just like discolored and it doesn't okay. look appealing for people to eat. They not gonna eat it. So you try to have your, your but it's always inside though, right? You try like air condition. Most gotta, of the time it's inside, but I'm, I'm more so talking about like storage. So it okay. depends where you're storing your stuff okay. too. I never thought about that. You got to store it. Do you store it or you yeah, do, do you just do you just buy it as you go? I store it, but when I first started, I was just buying it as I go. So your, li- your living room was full of boxes? <laughs> you no, know, so I, I, got like a, Halloween. I, got a, I got a spot in my crib where I, where I like some similar to like this area here, yeah. but like a little smaller, that whole area was full with snacks. Okay. But you know, if you buy it as you go, it's a little easier, but... Once you get it down to a science, so the thing about buying it as you go is you got to take trips to the store every week. Like, so <laughs> you really want to figure out how much you need so you could just buy your month's worth and then have it just sitting over there in the corner. So all you got to do is grab the stuff and go fill up the machine versus multi- making multiple trips. So a full-time day is like, all right, I'm going to schedule. I'm going to go to this location to refill, this location to refill. Yeah, so it's like, all right, so I do my the day before I'll prep, fill up all... Um, Fill up all my, my bins. I have bins that I carry the products in. Mm-hmm. Fill up all my bins. Um, pick the spots I'm going to. Just knock the spots down one by one. But I, I do, I, I pack everything the night before. That's a one-man show? You doing this by yourself? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I saw you saying, like, as far as the um the numbers on it, so it's like, I think it's like under six locations is, is well under six machines. Let me see. I have this written down somewhere. It's like passive, passive, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Can you explain that? Like the numbers. So it really now honestly it depends on your location. Okay. Like, obviously, but we're talking about this standard average. Like if you have around six machines, that's kind of still passive. Like that's not going to take up too much of your time, and um, you know you can still get whatever done. Once you get to like uh, around like ten machines. You more so like on like a part time type of thing. Like if you was working part time, because mm-hmm. it's going to take up a little more time as far as you keeping up with your products and you going to your spots, depending on how far your spots are. Once you get past like 15, that's more like a, uh, you know, once you get like 15, 20, you, you're well, like a real like business, full time situation. Yeah, like now you're now you're doing that full time. Like you're making, you should be, if you're doing it right, you should be making good money, but that's going to take up a lot of your time. So if you have 20, if you have 20 machines, theoretically, you, you, you should be making like 15,000 
around that? At, at least, at least twenty so, on the good end. At least fifteen, at minimum, at minimum, you should at least be doing like ten, even if you don't have good locations. Like you should at least, like, you know, at least ten a month. Yeah. Right, right. Not the but, thing about the vending machine thing is it's, it's an interesting situation because um it's one of these things where I always say it's never about home runs. It's never about home runs in life. It's about base hits. Like if you play baseball, you got to get base hits consistently. Mm-hmm. And the vending machine thing is like a base hit. Like even if you got you know a couple going and you're getting two thousand, like that's that's two thousand. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Three thousand, whatever. It's like now nah, that takes pressure off of you. That's a nice passive stream of income. Mm-hmm. You build that up, you know, however large you want it to grow. But it's one of these right. things that's extremely practical. Everybody has seen vending machines or used it, <laughs> or used it. Yeah. It's not rocket science, and it. It's not really that difficult as yeah. far as to understand the, the general idea of it. I think people think in their minds, like, oh, somebody spent a dollar. Somebody spent a dollar twenty-five. It's not a lot of money, but enough dollars makes sense. No, you know what? It's not even about that. <laughs> a lot of times we just mentally price out. We just mentally psych ourselves out of any, everything. So it's like you see a vending machine every single day. How many people have ever thought about owning a vending machine? Right. I've never thought about it. You right. see it. Why right. not? Somebody owns it. You're getting killed every summer. <laughs> somebody owns it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why not? Yeah, and I think a lot of people shy away from it too. Like even when they think about that idea, it's like they're scared of like the maintenance. They be thinking, okay, well, I don't know how to fix it. But you know, at the end of the day, you it's not it's not too complicated. But for any business, you're going to have hurdles where you have to figure stuff out. It's no different than that. Like so, once you once you get it going and you run into an issue, of course um, you have to. I mean, YouTube is your friend. You can yeah. probably can find a solution on YouTube. If not, find a resource to call in and just watch what they do. And you know, and most of the time, you know, that's that's how I learned how to fix machines. Yeah, are they like, I'm going to ask you that. Like, do you fix it yourself or do you hire like mechanics that specialize in vending machines? So for the most part, I fix it myself. The only thing I really, I can't fix is um, the refrigeration units. Is, it's called the compressors. So the compressors are a little more complicated. I don't know how to fix those yet. But like the bill scepters and the coin mechanisms and like that, that type of stuff, I can fix those because it's like a, it's a common thing. Um, and that's most of the time, nine times out of ten, that's what you're going to be dealing with. If something goes wrong, most of the time it's just like a dollar got stuck, or maybe your your uh, bill acceptor went bad. It's just screw it out, uh, put a new one in, screw it back in, like that type of thing. What's the best? What's the best item in vending machine history? Peanut M Ms. Peanut M Ms. For snacks, uh, <laughs> for drinks, uh, Pepsi. Man, Pepsi sells like that combo like, together like, is like classic. Like nothing else. Peanut M and M. You got double whatever, whatever you sell on everything else. Pepsi is gonna sell double. I'm a candy guy. Right? Pepsi Peanut sells M&M. more than Coke. Pepsi sells more than anything. Pepsi like, really? Well, everywhere. Like, the, I, everybody I know would do it. Pepsi. More than water? Yeah. Yeah. Your largest profit item, though, item is water, though. Yeah. You make the most off of water. Off of water. Yeah. But Pepsi sells like nothing else. Peanut yeah. M and M sell real well too. What, what's your, what's your favorite? My favorite uh, Skittles, Starburst, and Peanut M and M's. Yeah. Peanut, those, those I don't even know if I even had peanut M and M. I don't like them personally. Yeah, like, and that's them. and that's what kind of messed me up the first time around. I was like, oh, these ain't good. But you know, nah. when I was stocking the I combination of the Pepsi and the peanut M and M, butter yeah, butter that's crunch that's butter man, crunch butter crunch cookies. That's not in every vending machine though. It should be. Those are smack. <laughs> payday payday candy bars. No, no, that, that's a, that's a niche thing. And oil and vinegar chips. That's mm. another niche chip. What are you talking no. about? No. That's so a oil, oil and vinegar? Yeah. <laughs> like, like oil and vinegar? That's the tip that gets... That's not a niche. No, no, no. Oil and vinegar is elite. That's Bro, elite. That's elite. The Lay's no, 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 no. Dorito, Red bag of Doritos. Yeah, classic. That's gone. Yo, those are moving. The, the black popcorn chip bags? 
That's another item. Plain the, no, the Cooler Ranch. Plain. Cooler Ranch. Plain. Uh, not really Lay's. Uh, people like, well, and where I'm at, people like the uh, hers. Like plain hers. <laughs> like they love those. Yeah. More, more plain chips, Doritos, uh-huh. um, pretzels also. Pretzels. Pretzels, uh, depending on where they at. Yeah. But the Doritos, the um, peanut M&M's, yeah. Pepsi, that's selling no matter, no matter. I call those like staple items. Like those items know. will be in the machine no matter which of them ever have. I see sometimes they'll put like the M&M's in one row and then like put them at the next row too just because. Because they sell like, because if, if you don't do that, you gonna run out like so that that's gonna run out. It's like with Pepsi. You know, most of the time you had two rolls of uh, Pepsi in the machine. Just because. Just because it's gonna sell faster yeah. than anything and else. And you have to come back once it sells out. Right. It, you might even have to come back. It's just gonna sell out, and then you'll be you could be losing out on money if that person only came to that machine to For get that. to get some peanut M and M's. They like, oh, I don't want nothing. Then type you, of thing. Are you moving into other uh, things to to put in the vending machine? Like, is there is there other items that you see in the future? Like, you know what? I might want to go that route. No, I like I like keeping it traditional, but I do see you know I, I see a lot of things you know I see people coming up with that's real creative. Um, I see some celebrities coming out with different ideas. I know Kylie Jenner just launched like a vending machine where one of them had makeup? champagne and skittles. Oh, oh yeah, mm. the other one had like a ma- her makeup line, which I know is big. That's not a bad yeah. idea either. Makeup, little stuff like that, like chapstick and things like that, yeah. where it's like you on the run. That's not a bad idea, but yeah, you're never gonna lose with beverages. Especially beverages. People always drink stuff. Yeah. And candy. It's kind of like it's like a no-brainer. In the words of Mike, I'm addicted to candy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, they always going to be in business with us. Ah, oh, man. Kashif, I appreciate you coming, man. This was a, a highly educational episode. It's a good one. And uh, I think people are going to enjoy a lot of value from it, man. Can you tell the people how to um, contact you and uh, any initiatives? So, you got, you got education that you do as well, right? You teach people about this. Yeah. Can you talk about that? So I do have a uh, I have an ebook that I offer online for anybody that's just looking to get basic information on how to start you know a successful vending machine business, and for people who are looking to get started like right away, I created a course, um, Bailey mainly uh, just walking them through a video course you know you can do it at your own pace just walking them through uh, the steps to get just to get started as well. So you replicated yourself. Basically, <laughs> they put it on. Yeah, put it very on important tool. <laughs> don't don't don't. So that's um, how long is that course? I mean, it's at it's an at your own pace thing. Okay, okay. I, I would assume it might take you somebody about a month to get get through. So that's a lot of information. So pretty much everything that you need to know from right. start Main, to finish. Mainly, just the most important thing is just your setup, getting started, and then the next important thing is the location methods. So getting through that, you know, it's a lot of different things to set up. The way you set up, you want to you could run ads. I teach people how to run ads on Facebook, on Google, you know, setting up the website, that type of stuff. Like so. That stuff takes a little more time to get through. A little more advanced. Yeah. Advanced. Nah, that's dope. We're going to post a link to in our bio on YouTube and Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. So if you're interested, you can uh, check that out in the description. But, um, I'm sure. Will be yeah. So can you, can you tell the people how to contact you? Social media handles and all that? Uh, social media handle is at, no, I'm sorry, is the <laughs> underscore <laughs> vending underscore biz. Um, you know, Facebook is the same exact thing. So that's my Instagram and Facebook handle. Yeah. Troy, housekeeping items? Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know that's our Proud to Pay program. We have revamped Patreon, so um, obviously you know that there is new tiers. Um, and shout out to everybody that has joined. We have Nadia, Eamon, and Rostin. I hope I said that right. Um, it has an R in front of it, so I just pretended like it was Boston. So shout out <laughs> to you uh, for joining um, at Tier 4 uh, because now you have access to Earning Leisure University, which is our online school. 
um, and we have weekly webinars three times a week. Um, Matt, the M MG, the mortgage guy, our brother, does um, his webinar on uh, real estate, and Wednesday we have our guest webinar related to business, and then you know, Shadi and myself do our Thursday class, which is fun, man. We actually did a class. Um, I did a class with my wife last week. Yeah, man, I, heard, was, I heard about which that. Which is pretty ill, man. She, um, she, she's ill in the, the world of uh, human resource, so she did a leadership course, which was dope. And um, yeah, so everybody that's on tier four or five in Patreon, you have access to that. Um, and everybody's been supporting our merch too, man. Shout out to y'all. I obviously have the Earning Leisure University hoodie on. Shout out to got our trademark assets over liabilities. So everybody that's been supporting that, we appreciate you, we love you. And uh, thank you for your support. Yeah, and don't forget our YouTube channel, subscribe. Like, comment, um, and we release uh, content daily, daily on YouTube. We, yeah. we break up episodes into micro content. So, um, yeah, make sure you check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to our Apple uh, and Spotify yeah, as write well. Write reviews, write reviews. Yeah, like, subscribe, the whole nine. And, uh, yeah, once again, um, we also will have the link to the course um, if you want further information on the vending machine business. I think I'm gonna get involved in this. Every time I, every time I, every time I think of something, I'm like, I'm about to get a truck. Yeah. I want a mobile home. And then I'm like, you know what? I yeah. want to get some because this is probably the most practical thing that I've heard so far. Like, I think I could start this like tomorrow. Oh yeah, it's great. Like people think like when they hear it, they're like, oh, I want to do that. And, like Ernie Lee is always adding things. I'm like, no, we're saying the same thing in our heads. Like, yo, we could do this. We should be doing. This. Yeah. So trust me, Ernest, you're not the only one. I'm definitely gonna get a couple of vending machines. Um, and you gotta rock with us when we come to Philly. We gonna come to Philly. And uh, we're gonna do a, a live podcast and a, and a, and a, a workshop. We got a lot of Philly alumni, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we do is we, we on tour right now. So we go to different cities. We just left Atlanta, shout out to Atlanta, it was crazy. Um, and we gonna hit like Chicago, Houston, New York, yeah. LA, Toronto, and definitely Philly. Philly's like one of our biggest markets. So yeah. when we in town, if you in town, definitely link up with us for sure. Definitely, definitely. For, sure, for sure. Snacks is on him. <laughs> <laughs> and the book tip of this week is your ebook uh, called The Vending Biz, correct? Yes. Um, so where can they get that at? So it's available at uh, how to start a vending business.com and I have it available at the, in the link of my um the link in my bio on my Instagram page. Okay, yeah. So check it out and uh once again thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.